5: This is Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre.
4: What is up, Straight Fire fam? It's me, Jason McIntyre, here on Straight Fire for Thursday, July 8th. And uh, it was kind of a quiet night in sports, was it not? Somebody won the Stanley Cup Finals. I don't know who it was. I'm told it's Tampa Bay. Just kidding. Ha, ha, ha. Congrats to Tampa Bay on winning the Stanley Cup Finals. We now have spent our allotment of 15 seconds on the Stanley Cup in bigger sports news. Uh, oh, I love this. On Wednesday, I went, I opened the day playing some tennis. Um, you guys know I entered a tennis tournament. I'm sure you guys all follow me on the gram. I mentioned that I entered a tennis tournament. So I played a buddy. I had beat him, I think, like three times straight. Uh, we're kind of even, but I just ended up coming out on top because I play conservative. Um, and I, you know, playing to not make mistakes, but I'm getting ready for a tournament. So what do I do? I start taking a lot more chances and trying to, you know, paint lines and pin it in the corner. And I played a little aggressive. I fell behind five, three stormed back and we tied six, six. And then at the hour break, you lose a court because of course people want to play. So I started playing tennis. Then I went with some mates and watched England, Denmark at a local pub. And I got to say that was a phenomenal soccer match. Incredible stuff. I, I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna lie to you guys. Um, I have a man crush now on Raheem Sterling, who has been exquisite for the England national team. I mean, what an incredible, incredible soccer player! He's so fast. He is the biggest mismatch I've seen in the entire Euro tournament. And it, essentially, England's strategy in the second half was, oh, let's just get the ball to Sterling and have him go around two and three guys and make a play. And that was it. In overtime, he makes a move. There's a questionable foul uh, in the box. The ref blows the whistle, calls for a PK. They review it. And let's be real. Listen, I was rooting for England. I did not have a financial investment in England. But I don't know if that was a foul. Um, But uh, I'm not going to – listen, they checked it on the VAR. It looked like maybe, kind of, sort of, if you squint and look at it sideways. Listen, he got the PK. Harry Kane – the PK stopped, but then he puts it in on the rebound. England wins – and, folks, I, I, listen, this is a soccer weekend approaching. I know the NBA Finals are in full swing. We got Game 2 tonight. Whoop-de-damn-do. We'll get to Game 2 with uh, our guest, Yaron Weitzman, uh new guy they just hired at Fox Sports. Um, I, I know him. Uh, covers the NBA. Really smart writer. Uh, we'll talk to him shortly. Um, so the NBA Finals are in full swing, but this is a soccer weekend, folks. So Saturday night, clear off the schedule, Argentina-Brazil, Neymar-Messi, I can't wait. The wife had wanted to do something uh, with the kids and let's plans. I was like, hold up. We got to push it back because I got to see this. I've got to see Messi hopefully finally win his first Copa. And, of course, Neymar's playing incredible. And then Sunday, 3 Eastern, 12 Pacific, England, Italy for the Copa America title. England has never won a Copa America title, which is crazy. Greece has won one. I had to look this up uh, on the Internet. And I- I'm fired up for the game. I, I like this England team, man. They are just so good all around. And I, as I told you guys, I've been playing a lot of FIFA. Uh, and the, the Man City is like the best team on there. And like, it feels like half the England national teams on Man City. It's uh, just a stacked team. It's really, really, uh, this England team is awesome. My wife, of course, her distant family is from Italy, not like her parents, um, but their parents. Uh, or their parents parents are from Italy. So I'm rooting for Italy as well, but obviously I'm rooting for England. So this is how good my Wednesday was. I watched the match with some mates, come home, stretch, go play pickup basketball and a a buddy who gets a lot of guys to come play because it's tough to find people who are traveling. He says, "Hey, I got this guy who's coming. He's 6-7 and he played internationally last year." I was like, "Ooh, fun." You know, so the guy comes in. Obviously, he's not going full bore, but holy cow. He's doing that James Harden move where you drive and then you switch hands over the guy's head because, you know, you're dribbling low. The defender reaches low. You just bring the ball over their head with like a euro and then lay it in. And it's unstoppable when you're 6'7". So one time he wanted to guard me and he comes out and he's like sitting back but he's watch like when he's defending me he's not looking at me or my body he's watching my hands and the dribble and i'm like what is this guy cooking up so i quickly kick it in the post to our post guy i'm like what were you doing there he's like i was watching your hands i can tell from where your hands are going what the move was going to be i was like okay that's next level stuff um and of course i google this guy afterwards he was the leading scorer at brown university as i think a sophomore and then he transferred to ucsb Uh, And then he went to play internationally. I mean, this guy's good. And of course, you know, I go follow him on Instagram. I'm like, hey, hey, we should get another game. You know, I like like leveling up and playing against guys who are unbelievably better than me. Anyways, good pickup basketball run. And let's just say, I had a great Wednesday. It was a lot of fun. It's summer. Um, Today, we get back to the NBA finals. And let's be honest, there's not a ton going on in sports. I was texting with Rob G. I'm like, Rob, I got to spend some time on this England match. Can I preview Italy? He's like, no cannot preview Italy, England. I was like, I'm hot on it. I got some good stuff. Sorry. Um. He tells me there's an NFL story. I was like, please tell me it's not Aaron Rodgers. It's Aaron Rodgers. So I look up this Aaron Rodgers thing. And I just basically am at, at my wit's end. Like, there's no news here. It's the NFL. And this is how the sausage gets made. You guys know this, right? Whether it's TV, radio, podcast, internet. Play the hits. That is one of the first things you will learn when you get into radio, TV, any of this stuff in sports. Play the hits. Unsure of what a topic may be, Dallas Cowboys, they're doing hard knocks. Whoop-de-damn-do. Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, unhappy quarterbacks, stars in the NBA. Play the hits. Now, it's weird because the Yankees are no longer really a hit. The Dodgers are not really a hit. Um, And these are like, you know, the top MLB franchises. Um Stanley Cup that's not a hit. Um the hits are and it's weird because then uh, yes, Jason. Okay, I get it. That's what anybody can relate to. Anybody you know has a take on LeBron. Um it's a little tougher to have a take on Devin Booker. I you I prefer instead of play the hits, you know, the mom the mom test. You know, most guys my age are moms now like late 60s, 70s. Have you heard of this guy? If I called my mom today and said, "Mom, Devin Booker, does she have any clue who he is? Of course not. I mean, he's you know he's a great NBA player, but he's not Steph Curry or LeBron, the crossover stars. Steph Curry's wife is Hawking Cookbook. Steph Curry's going on Ellen DeGeneres. Uh, LeBron, obviously, everybody knows LeBron. Shaquille O'Neal, play the hits. That also suffices to the uh, the mom test. The dad test also exists, but you know uh, you know uh, again my my parents aren't. From uh, they weren't born in America, so they didn't grow up, you know, eating and breathing American sports. Away a lot, a, a lot of other American parents have. Um, so, like, my dad has been passionately following Euro twenty twenty. We text about it every day. He's aware, like, of who the England manager is. You know, he knows the guy. I think his name's Southgate because he sends me articles from the BBC. Like, does my mom know Aaron Rodgers? And I. <sighs> Iffy. Honestly, I, he's, he's like a weird star. He dates quasi-celebrities, but he doesn't do a ton of interviews. He's not super interesting. Yes, he hosted Jeopardy. Yes, he's engaged to an actress. But he's not like in a million commercials. He's doing some commercials. But I challenge you guys to this. Next time you text your mom, just say Aaron Rodgers and see if she knows who he is or if she even knows like who he plays for or what sport. My guess... I guess if if your family's in the Midwest, they probably know Aaron Rodgers. But I would guess if you're on the coast, in the south, I don't think a lot of those people, moms in the 60s, maybe 70s, are that aware of Aaron Rodgers. That's my guess. At any rate, Aaron Rodgers was in a golf cart and he was asked, are you playing for the Packers next year? I don't know. And, like, that's the story. And that's probably going to lead a lot of sports shows today because Aaron Rodgers spoke. And then everybody has to have a take on what it means. Here's my take. What do the Vegas lines say? Vegas lines still have Green Bay as a pretty good team as a 10 and a half, 10, 10 win team. Until I see that number plummet to seven and a half, which is about what they'll go to maybe seven without Aaron Rodgers. Cause let's be real guys. They're a five six team, six win team with Jordan Love at quarterback. I don't care about the running back, about the receiver, about the defense, which ain't great to begin with. Aaron Rodgers is everything to that team. And if you challenge me and said, Jay, what quarterback has the largest impact on the point spread? Patrick Mahomes obviously is up there, but Andy Reid has a great system and that offense is stacked. I would bet it's Aaron Rodgers. I think Lamar Jackson's significant, obviously, because of what he can do. Tom Brady's significant. But its I think my money would be on Aaron Rodgers has the largest impact on the point spread. And so because he opened his mouth on a golf cart and said, I don't know if I'm playing next year, that's where we are. Frankly, I can't get worked up about it on July 8th. I just can't. It's like, okay, is he going to show up at camp? He hasn't shown up for some voluntary or involuntary workouts. That doesn't mean a whole hell of a lot. You know, it's just not super duper interesting. However, I did just get the call from the bullpen. I will be hosting Undisputed here in a few weeks. I'm very excited. You guys know I love to host Undisputed. Um, we, we get we can get combative on there. And there ain't going to be a lot of NBA talk on there. It's going to be all NFL. It'll be Baker Mayfield, Aaron Rodgers. And we have good topics because the producers pour over everything that's out there. And now you're close to the season, so you can find the really juicy topics. Unfortunately, early July, we ain't there. And that's why we have a guest chewing up the bulk of this podcast. So um, let's get to our guest. His name is Jerome Weitzman. He covers the NBA. He wrote a really smart piece a few months back for the ringer um, that we'll talk about in the pod. Um, he's been a freelancer for a while. Uh, you know, you guys should follow him on social media. He's doing stuff for Fox Sports now. He's going to be covering the NBA Finals. Without further ado, here he is, whitesman. Weitzman.
0: Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions.
1: TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Ready, set, griddle this grilling season. Get the Weber Slate Rust-Resistant Griddle with a carbon steel cooktop that's safe for metal tools. It's pre-seasoned with food-safe oils and ready to cook on right out of the box. With no use of coatings, you can use metal tools to flip, press, and scrape without worry. It's the griddle that stays ready, not rusty. Everything rusts and nobody talks about it because they couldn't fix it until now. With Weber's new rust-resistant technology, your Weber will last for years. When used, our carbon steel griddle hardens and bonds the surface, reducing the ability for moisture to collect and rust to form. This griddle heats evenly edge-to-edge. It reaches up to 500 degrees with the Weber Works Prep cook and store system You can keep cooking and cleaning supplies handy, carry food and condiments from kitchen to the griddle, and even convert the side table into a prep station. Get fired up for your new Weber Slate rust-resistant griddle
5: paid by up-level rewards paid
3: participation required after portrayal
6: attention all listeners are you ready to earn 750 dollars? well get ready because i'm about to introduce you to get 750.com the ultimate way to earn here's the scoop instead of just streaming shows or playing games on your phone for nothing you have the chance to earn additional cash That's right, from trying out new subscriptions to playing your favorite mobile games, you can get extra cash in your pocket. Simply sign up at GetMy750.com and follow the instructions to start earning immediately. So, what are you waiting for? Turn your favorite apps into real cash. With GetMy750.com, don't miss out on this incredible opportunity to earn rewards for things you're already doing on your phone. Check out GetMy750.com today. That's right, get started right now at GetMy750.com. Just go to GetMy750.com or google get my 750 cash follow the simple instructions and get your 750 dollars. that's get my 750.com get my 750.com
0: you know a guy jason likes to think he knows
5: everything when it comes to sports
4: i know what sports fans want
5: but for everything he doesn't he knows a guy who does
4: let's just say i know a guy who knows a guy who knows another guy Let's welcome into Straight Fire, an NBA writer, to talk about the finals. Now, he, I've known him for a while. He's been freelancing for a bunch of places, and he just got hired at Fox Sports. So he's doing a great bunch of stuff over at the new Fox app and Fox Sports website. Yaron Weitzman. Yaron, how are you, man?
5: I'm good. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, yeah.
4: Definitely wanted to get you on during the finals because there's some of the stuff you're doing at Fox. You wrote a pretty cool piece on The Ringer. You'd written for Bleacher Report. And, like, I don't know. we we're having some trouble with the finals here. Uh, you know, we're used to Curry and LeBron. And, you know, true story, if not for the Giannis, is he going to play doubtful, questionable? He's starting! You know, if not for that, I don't really know if the juice was there. Now, I love the NBA, so we'll talk about the NBA for months on end. But I- I'm just curious as to your interest level in the new blood in the finals.
5: Um, It's fun. I would it'd be nice if it came without all the injuries for mm. them to get there. Right. It'd be cool to see the Suns team knock off a completely healthy, I guess Lakers or Cl- the Lakers was a different situation. I don't know. They, they want to get, I forget how many now that feels like three I months know, ago, right. Doesn't it? Um, the Clippers was the one really where without Kawhi for the entire series, where you're this, the, the conference finals really on both ends, I think is what to me drains some of the excitement out of the NBA, um, playoffs, right? That both conference finals had these teams sort of limping toward the finish. Um, I'm okay with new different teams. I'd be lying if I said I wasn't a little burnt out by the season. Um, It's been, and I think a lot of NBA fans are, but last night's game was fun. I found it like fun nerdy basketball but not the way you know what nba twitter likes to say well you know this is really cool pick and roll coverage and you could follow that and like yeah that part's fun too but i just found there was just fun and the, the suns are just really good yeah. they're really good it, well yeah it
4: felt it, i don't want to use the word basic in a derogatory sense but it did feel kind of like a basic game there was no there was nothing really special about the game uh you're right the pick and roll was everything and the bucks can't handle chris paul i, I don't know I had predicted four or games or five. The Suns walk over. Uh, I didn't think Giannis was going to win. that good healthy. for you. But do you? I mean, do you think the Bucks can win this?
5: I don't know. Well, <laughs> I think every prediction I've made this postseason—if <laughs> uh, I was betting on them, I'd be homeless. Um, so <laughs> my predictions are a little off. Um, yeah. Listen, we do this every game, every series. The Bucks lose the first game, and then we make fun of them. and We make fun of Bud, and we say Giannis can't shoot, and all this, and they bounce back, and they look good, and. Well, I shouldn't say they look good. Excuse me. They never look good, but they seem to just pull it off. Part of it is some of the luck, like beating, um, facing a hobbled Trae Young or Trae Young out, and the those team that was hobbled. Um, but they have a level of resiliency. Their defense is usually really good. That's the thing from last night. One of the things that stands out is Milwaukee had basically gotten here on their defense. It was the number one defense in the playoffs coming, to the, coming into last night's game. Obviously, they were not that yesterday. Um, so I don't want to count them out. The way I've been thinking about it this morning is like, it feels like they have to stretch more to match Phoenix, if that makes sense. It feels like they need a – they have to reach a higher level, whereas Phoenix is just – Phoenix is so good and well-rounded, and they don't have any weaknesses to exploit, and they're so good and well-rounded and diverse that they can exploit anything you throw at them and find a weakness in it, and that's just – it makes – it gives your – Your margin for error is really slim when facing them.
4: I do wonder if this Suns team is built for the long haul, right? I mean, no playoffs forever, add Chris Paul, and boom, they're in the championship with some help. But there is the idea that, you know, Chris Paul talked about opting out. You know, he's due 41 mil next year. And, oh, well, who would walk away from 41 million? Well, a guy who just won a championship, and now really he doesn't need to uh, play for the 41 mil. Maybe he's at the height of his powers. He's probably going to win a finals MVP. Does he opt out and, I don't know, you're, you're wrong. Does he consider going elsewhere?
5: I mean, I don't know. I mean, you got to imagine he'll get a max after this year, right? The three-year max. He can't get the four-year max.
4: So, so, oh, so, but, so year. who gives him the three-year max? Phoenix? Because I, I, how can they afford uh, that with uh, having to pay and pretty soon?
5: Yeah, the math is hard and Bridges also. Bridges, yeah, paid. and, and um, Bridges was good. Yeah.
4: He has been good this, these playoffs. Another, yeah, situation. no,
5: Bridges is gonna, he'll get paid. Like, if you have a, if you're a three and D term gets thrown around too often, right? It's like anyone who can play a little defense and shoot maybe 36% from three is considered three and D. And the reason for that is because teams are in so, those guys are so hard to find. It's so hard to find wings who are able to hold their own on both sides. I bring this up because Bridges is actually. You know, elite, whatever word. He's really good at both of those, right? He's legitimately a really good defender. He's a legitimately good three-point shooter. So he's young, so a guy like that is going to get paid on the market. Um, yeah, the math gets funny. You, know, I don't know this. I don't have the sour. The, the math gets funky, um, for sure. And Aiden also like, you, you know, they're happy. His agency and all of them
4: are yeah. sitting there
5: watching and saying it's like Max, right? Number uh, one pick, I like. I, that's what they're gonna ask for. Yeah, I'm no, not no, he should. It, he but, should.
4: But and, and and like, what? Are, what's you know, if he if you offer him anything less, he'll say, "Fine, I'll hit the market." I'm better than you know, eighty percent of the centers in the league, probably.
5: Yeah, I mean, that's I mean, that's like you know, it's a different conversation when you have the the um, the cap structure is basically basically. <laughs> that what max players are not always the best players it's like if you're good you ask for a max right, right. that's kind of how it goes because you have the minimum so yeah guys like john collins are going to get paid as much as lebron you know i'm exaggerating a bit, but that's, just, <laughs> john that's how it goes right yeah, 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 but that's just how it goes it's just the the you know max if you're good you get a max um or you ask for it at least um so i agree with you on that um i don't know phoenix has to try to keep him and the other i mean obviously it's new york and a bunch of other teams with cap room who are gonna
4: yeah, the it, Paul thing's interesting. It, it, I mean, the Suns. Listen, Suns bench is really. I think that's a huge edge they have over the Bucks. Uh, you know, Payne yeah. is good. I know Sarah got hurt, but um, you know, Cam Johnson's good. This is a good Suns team. But this fact remains: like when we start next season and everybody's healthy, give me your top three in the West, assuming everybody stays. You know, uh, all the regular guys stay where they're supposed to go. Like Kawhi and Paul George don't leave um, in any way, shape, or form. Like, are the Suns even top three in the West to start next year? I, I guess, well, the Nuggets are a tough one because Murray's going to be out for so long. But I don't know. I, I'm i bullish on the Nuggets with, with a healthy Murray, Gordon, and uh, the MVP.
5: Yeah, the problem... Yeah, Gordon fit really well with Jokic and Murray. The problem is the Murray injury is... Um, you know, it's, it, we've seen that it's, 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 we always think it's a year and then you realize like the guy comes back and he doesn't look good. And yeah. then you realize the next season, it's like, Oh wait, you know, usually that's kind of a two-year injury. I'm with you, right? The Lakers and Clippers assuming Kawhi stays, right? Which I would assume Um Lakers and Clippers are going to be the favorites. I think coming out of the West, even with the Suns, I, it, but the Suns
4: are. yeah. yeah go Jazz ahead. were the number one seed. I forgot about them. I mean, yeah. you know, we'll see yeah. Donovan Mitchell's unhappy, but who isn't unhappy? Um So <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not, it's weird. You can, if you say, that the Suns had an easy path to the finals, you get people yelling at you. If you say they're not, you know, they wouldn't have beat the Lakers, people yell at you. Like, you really can't win talking about these finals. It's it, it's kind of Raptors-ish, is it not? Yeah, it's
5: well and that's the uh, comparison's funny too cuz right I think Kawhi was the first finals MVP to um leave the team the next year, right? So that would be the same. Ooh, um, I like that. that Chris Paul. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes huh so it's a similar thing again i don't know i mean paul picked the suns also which that's the other part to remember mm. right he specifically he wasn't a free agent but he worked with the thunder like that was the team he wanted to go to right he picked the suns um, i think him and booker have talked about this right in Booker, that the conversations they've had and how paul wanted to be there um i don't know i guess you never know um I, <laughs> you never know in the nba i don't predict um Robert Sarver decisions in general, right? <laughs> I just, I think that's a good idea to avoid that stuff. Yeah. Um. But I don't know. And, But I will say, like, yeah, I wish they would have gone against good team, good Western Conference teams or beating a full Western Conference. But they've also had their own issues. Chris Paul had COVID and the arm and the thumb and yes, just like yep. wounded. Um. So it hasn't been. They haven't been there. It's not like they have avoided all injuries. And I think they're a really, really good team.
4: I'm curious. What are you more excited for? Free agency where. We'll see what happens. I mean, in a perfect world, Donovan Mitchell demands a trade, and uh, you know Kawhi says, uh, get Paul George out of here, and Damian Lillard and Ben Simmons. Yeah, that would be great for free agency, but the reality is it's not a great free agency. Are you more excited for the draft after this or free agency?
5: Um, I'm excited for the off, see more between the two. The free agency class stinks, right? It's like yeah. DeMar DeRosa might be the top guy if you look at it, not counting restricted guys, right? right. You never know. And that stuff... um, like yeah, the John Collins thing could get interesting. He's a restricted free agent that can get interesting in Atlanta. Um, they obviously shouldn't want him back, but they also have guys where they can replace him if the, or maybe can't replace him, but guys who can step in young players who would fill that role. If the price tag gets too steep. Um, the draft, it's just I'm always interested to see how these teams try to take these next steps, right? So it's not it's not necessarily looking at like draft versus free agency. I kind of look at the offseason as a whole and just seeing and I think that's how teams approach it too, right? What steps are we gonna take? So again, you brought up Lillard. Like, I mean Portland, I don't think they're gonna trade Lillard this offseason, right? Well, unless
4: he demands it, you know, then it Correct. gets potentially interesting.
5: Correct. I just find it one, I don't know. I find it hard to believe that Chauncey and him, despite all the weird reports that have come out and Lillard seems to be having some sort of like midlife crisis. But like, the, I find it hard to believe that him and Billups, did, that Chauncey Billups took that job without having some sort of conversation with the yeah. Lillard before saying like, we're going to do this. At least this will, there'll be a chance here. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm assuming too much. Um, I also feel like, but I think Portland would make other moves, right? And I'll find that interesting. And that stuff will sort of, be there'll be domino effects there, right? Whether the moves are good or not, yeah. what happens a little bit. And again, Ben Simmons a similar thing as well, right? So there, there's some big guys who could be on the move this year.
4: I'm curious, you know, one of the narratives that we're starting to hear. I think you're going to hear a lot more of it. Is the homegrown Phoenix Suns drafted Booker, drafted Aiton, drafted Bridges. Oh, and they added, you know, Chris Paul to the mix. But there is this idea, and and again, I love super teams. I don't know where you are on that. Please let me know, but. I just love the idea of the best players in the sport getting together to join forces. Um, and it didn't work for the Nets. Uh, and it didn't work this year for LeBron and AD. And it hasn't yet worked for the Clippers. But for me, the super team era of the last decade, I thought the NBA was as good as the Magic Bird 80s for me. I, I absolutely loved it. And I gotta be honest, this homegrown stuff is not to me as spicy as, oh, Kyrie Irving's gonna pick where he wants to go. And so is James Harden. And so is this guy and that guy. I love that. Where are you on the homegrown versus the super team? So
5: I, there's no there's no comparison. There's no arguing like when these guys are holding free agency meetings when Kevin Durant is camped out in the Hamptons yeah. and he's coming to visit anywhere. Like that – it, it, it had to, or the, the classic one that started all this was the uh, DeAndre Jordan hostage um, hostage yes, yes, right. Like all this stuff, it's it's ridiculous and fun and silly, and it captivates us and all that. What I like, I'm not. I like, I just find it enjoyable. I, I find it interesting when there are different ways when teams approach things approach things in different ways. So maybe you have some going to super teams, some going drafting um, and i this goes the other way by the way like i find it kind of boring when everyone's trying to do the horde draft picks to the process yeah thing, right? like i like when there's different people trying to build different lanes like the charlotte hornets say we're going to tr- you know try to win now and try to look into a draft it's just, and i think that's it's fun i think it's fun for fans to see like I, we, I think often fans and media, we always get to, well, this is the way to do things. So if you're not doing this, you're not following yes. this plan that we say is smart, you are wrong. and dumb, right.
4: Right? Exactly. Yes. And that has a lot to do with the process, right? Remember that yes. everybody hated the process. You're trading Michael Carter Williams. He was the rookie of the year. Yes. Well, we have, we have a process here, and it didn't work out, and they're getting mercilessly killed by fans and and even the media because the media is a little traditionalist. I mean, I think you would agree, right? And and we're in the media, but I certainly am not a traditionalist.
5: Yeah, it's just and it, but it even goes the other way too, right? Then you have a bunch of people who say like it's we'll say the non traditionalist um wing of basketball coverage, right? And it's more of that. No, you have to always if you're not a championship team, that's why I would say. If you're not a championship team tank, right? Everyone makes fun of the, the, uh, Portland. The old, yeah. Portland stuck or, the or even the Joe Johnson Hawks, right? everyone made fun of those are made fun of those. The thing about that team is like, they made the conference finals two years. I forget what, like that team, that was not a failure, right? That was not a failure. No, yeah. And I think we're a little too quick to say, Oh, you're stuck. You plateaued, uh, Pull a shoot, you know, go back and start tanking. And it's fun to see teams go in different directions. So to answer your original question, like I like, yeah, have a super team here, a homegrown he- team here, a little mixing of both here, and just let's see, let's see what happens.
4: Uh, we got to remember the Warriors were homegrown. Curry, Clay, yep. Draymond all were drafted. Uh and you mentioned a good point about LaMelo being drafted, but they brought in Gordon Hayward and Terry Rogier. Yep. Like a hybrid is is a good idea, but I do like this. Like new uh the new ways to win. like I'm not I'm gonna go against conventional wisdom and I'm gonna try. and that I want to bring up Ben wow. Simmons because I believe somebody is gonna say, you know what? We can either do what you said, be Portland and uh, the Joe Johnson Hawks and win some games and go to the playoffs, or we can just swing for the fences. and And do you think someone should bring in Ben Simmons via trade by low and try to make him a small ball five and just have him play center? And and try and, and just do things differently and try that.
5: Yeah, the small ball five thing is interesting because so the defensively, when the Sixers have tried that in small samples, it hasn't been good. When you would, you would think it would work well, part of that is also, and this is what Simmons and his camp would say, right? Like, not necessarily make us a small ball five, but if most p- players in his situation, number one picks, all star, all NBA, whatever you want to call it, the entire team is built around they would yes. Giannis. Let's say like the, everything is built around Giannis to accentuate his strengths and let him succeed. Simmons is not as good as Giannis, but that's, that would be the argument that his camp and he would make is that, you know, build towards my strengths and I'll, I'll pay you. I'll repay you. Um, so yeah, I think somebody should buy love, right? Cause it's, it's not going to work in Philly. They're going to have to make a move here where they do before the season. I don't know. I'd be surprised if he starts on that roster just for a host of reasons. I guess Daryl Morey maybe if he decides that the market is too crappy and the offers are too bad and just like, I'm not going to trade a guy at his lowest value. It's not worth it. Um, the issue one of the problems with finding a partner is you need like you got to start you start eliminating teams right so first you need a team that can send the sixers back players that can help them which are basically guys in their prime now who are perimeter can create shots on the outside and shoot right fit with the bead help philly do what they haven't done before right so you have that then you need a team that can absorb simmons into their roster meaning basically they have shooters if they have any Mm non-shooters in their core not, not going to work. So you start like slicing teams off little by little and the pie gets a little smaller there, but yeah, I mean, I, you know, I wrote a big story for um, Simmons and for the site and just talking about the things he doesn't do any issues, but it's always important to, to add the qualifier, he's a great player. He's great at defense. Yeah. Generates points. I always push back. He's not a bad offensive player. Transition, uh, three points. and like, you know, he, I think he creates the most three-pointers via pass than anyone in the league. Like, he generates points, but in the half-court offense, he is a, he's not a willing participant. He's a negative
0: player, and that's a problem. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats,
1: TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Fire the grill and fire up the party. Get the Weber Searwood Pellet Grill. Smoke, roast, and sear on the same grill. Go from low and slow on smoke boost mode at 180 degrees, all the way to high heat sear at 600 degrees. A much bigger range than most grills. It's got a full grate sear zone so you can put more food on the flame. Utilize the smoke boost setting to intensify that smoky flavor. Direct flame cooking. Create searing, crisping, and browning. Food will look as good as it tastes. This grill is hot in 15 minutes and cleanup is easy. You'll cook on two levels at the same time so you can make enough for everyone, then clean up quick with the pull and clean grease and ash management system at the front of the grill. Cook confidently with intuitive digital controls at the grill and enjoy the sleek, easy to use surface. You can also add a heavy duty rotisserie or rust-resistant griddle insert to up your game. Get fired up for your new Weber Searwood Pellet
6: Grill.
5: Paid by up-level rewards. Paid participation required. after portrayal.
6: Attention all listeners. Are you ready to earn $750? Well, get ready because I'm about to introduce you to GetMy750.com, the ultimate way to earn. Here's the scoop. Instead of just streaming shows or playing games on your phone for nothing, you have the chance to earn additional cash. That's right. From trying out new subscriptions to playing your favorite mobile games, you can get extra cash in your pocket. Simply sign up at GetMy750.com and follow the instructions to start earning immediately. So, what are you waiting for? Turn your favorite apps into real cash with GetMy750.com. Don't miss out on this incredible opportunity to earn rewards for things you're already doing on your phone. Check out GetMy750.com today. That's right. Get started right now at GetMy750.com. Just go to GetMy750.com com or Google Get My Seven Fifty Cash. Follow the simple instructions and get your seven hundred fifty dollars. That's Get My getmy dot com. Get My dot com.
5: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at FoxSportsRadio dot com and within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
4: So it's interesting. You just mentioned like what Simmons can't do, and I, I got to be honest, I really. And again, my wife was like the class optimist, and I think she's rubbed off on me in the last, like you know. uh, I'm a cynic, but yeah. (laughs) No, I'm with you though. That's the thing. I use. I'm very pessimistic. But when you say what Simmons can't do, I like to look at the other side now. Oh, but here's what Ben Simmons is really good at. And in the NFL, we've seen some teams say, you know what, Lamar Jackson. Don't worry about what he can't do. This is what he's really good at. Let's build around him, and boom, he's the MVP. They're going to the playoffs or a Super Bowl contender. I wonder if someone like Toronto would say, yeah, Ben Simmons can be our small ball five. He can do this. Why don't we say, hey, take Pascal Siakam off our hands. Him and Nick Nurse didn't really get along. I think he got suspended twice this year um, for, for incidents with, uh, with uh, Nick Nurse. And yeah, take Siakam. We'll put Ben Simmons at the five. Maybe we bring back Lowry. We get all shooting. We keep Gary Trent, uh, Van Vliet, uh, Ananobi, and look at what we got. We got something crazy and different and radical, and you know what? We're Toronto. You know, the only time we got to the finals was when we got Kawhi getting lucky. Let's build around Ben Simmons. I mean, is, is that too crazy of an idea for you?
5: I don't know about Toronto. So the the short answer is no. Like again, I'm with you on that. That some team. And again, you look at markets where you're not going to get a guy like that. Yeah. Um, 100% go for it. 100%. And again, and it's the issue is going to be: Will Philly? Will they have enough to send back to Philly where it's worth it? Like so Siakam, it's not worth it for Philly. Probably. They need shooting, right? Yeah. Have another guy who's not a great shooter, it's going to run into similar issues. Okay,
4: what about Siakam and the four? Now, that's probably a little bit much. Uh, yeah, but yeah, what much. does Philly want with Well, them, that's with, that's yeah.
5: the other thing. I am curious if they commit to trading Simmons. It does th- feel like to answer, I'm, I'm not fully answering your question, but it does feel like the way to do it is maybe a, a two-step trade, right? Where you make a deal. So let's say you Siakam for the four, making that up, right? And then the number four pick doesn't help Philly now. That's not what they want. They don't want yeah. a 20-year-old. They need to win now, but it does seem like if you're having issues finding partners, you get a you get some assets back and then you then redirect that to some third team who can give you back the players you need and can they couldn't absorb Simmons, but they are interested in these let's say the fourth pick or whatever the asset is you're getting back, right? It seems like we might be headed for a place where that might be the Sixers best option there.
4: Yeah. Um, and, and I ask about like the GM and way to build teams, because you wrote a pretty incredible piece for The Ringer back in April the NBA's GM kingmaker about a guy who was uh, with the English Premier League and he quietly, behind the scenes, has been a mover and shaker for some some pretty bad organizations. I'm curious how you stumbled upon the story and do you think that any of his teams are going to be successful here in the coming years?
5: That's funny. So again, the guy, I'll give a quick cliff notes. The guy's name is Mike Ford. He's a headhunter, basically. He's become the go-to headhunter for owners when they're trying to hire GMs and it's kind of, he kind of stumbled into this. His connection was um, RCU for the Spurs, basically brought him into the NBA. And if you, then he did um, the Nets hire for Sean Marks. And then the three since then have been Washington with Tommy Shepard, which is, this is getting to your point. Uh, New Orleans with David Griffin and uh, the Kings with uh, Monty McNair. Okay, right? hold
4: on, timeout. David Griffin, criminally overrated or just vastly overrated?
5: <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> I don't know. I'm not,
4: I feel like everybody, he returns everybody's text in the media. And I, I mean, I don't know if you guys are friends, but like he'll talk to everybody. So everybody says great things about him. I, I hated the Stan Van Gundy hire. I really, really do not like the build around Zion. I'm upset, but David Griffin, real quick, to not to derail you.
5: No, it's, uh, I, I'm not, I, I'm, not I don't, I'm not friends with David Griffin. Um, the, uh, no, I think he did a pretty poor job and he was a year one. It feels like five years already,
0: but year it one, right? Doesn't
5: it, doesn't it? Doesn't feel like the David Griffin era in New Orleans is like four years already? Um, I would say it's pretty obvious he did a pretty poor job last year in every facet, right. Um, roster construction, not good. Coach hiring, not good. Coach management, not good. Player management relationship, whatever you want to call it. Uh, clearly Zion is not thrilled there. and some of guys too. So I would say it's a big whiff, right. All around. So okay. answer, Yeah. anyway,
4: back to your guy. Yeah.
5: So to answer your question there. Um, so yes, yeah, so he would hire those guys. So it's kind of, it's, it's interesting. So it goes two ways, but I don't remember. So the reason teams are, the idea of hiring a headhunter is a weird thing, right? He's not a, he's not a basketball guy. Like you said, he's a soccer guy. Um, and I am i mentioned before, I'm a cynic, right? I'm somebody I don't necessarily personally buy into a consultant talk, speak, you know, and all that stuff in terms of organizations. What I will say, though, was pointed out to me as I was reporting the story is that a lot of owners, and you'll laugh as I say this, are really bad at hiring GMs, right? They're just, <laughs> they're really bad at it. And we've, any fan who knows, like, will just say, it's probably nodding their heads, like, yeah, my owner or my team stinks at it, right? So, If there's a guy who is even putting any effort in and he takes it seriously and those two things he does, right. He's putting effort in and he takes it seriously. So yeah, it could be like, we could say it's a, you know, spending half a million or whatever on a guy like that for a month of work is ridiculous, but not our money. And there are a lot of people in the league who think that's smarter. There's some issues that come along with that, you know, where you're just dipping into the same uh, Kennedy pool everywhere. And it's this one guy kind of deciding who works where and he's relying on his connections. Um, but there is something to be said about people who take this job seriously and owners the, the less basketball that the fewer decisions basketball related decisions owners make i think in general the better off the nba world is right so that would be the benefit there
4: do do you think that some of these owners you know the, again we're talking about billionaires you know they're used to just running shit everywhere yep. they go and dominating yep. you know sports is a different animal do you know you know do are you one of these guys who thinks that you kind of need someone with a sports background there, or are you more the analytical guys? Like I've listened to some podcasts with Sam Hinkie, and I love everything that guy has to say. <laughs> then you look at the track record and the results, and you're like, "Well, you know, he he hasn't won a chip, but again, like you know, I mean, a lot of people haven't won championships. I don't know where are you on the analytic divide versus, um, you know, the the just like the sports guy who has a lot of experience.
5: So in that um i think the mistake is always when you separate them right yeah i think it's good it's like i whenever I, the idea we call them analytics I, and i've talked to people who work in the analytics departments and they hate it and i i think it's silly too because it's it's all the same thing like it's numbers it's looking at numbers and kind of showing them here's a, someone wants to use this example to explain to me so say you're sitting i'll it'll be a little long-winded but say you're sitting around and a team says hey we need to improve our three-point shooting right and they tell the analytics lakes guy go look up three-point shooters and they bring it back but they're not asking the right questions, right? Right. It's not just who shoots the best three point shooting. It's that, Oh, who's putting up the most volume. Oh, but wait, maybe our issue is that we're not having dribble penetration, right? Maybe our issue is defenses aren't helping. And therefore, if we have guys, you know, help defenses, we can trigger rotations. And that's going to get our shooters more open looks. And so you need people who can sort of be together and ask the right questions. So you make sure you're putting in the right data request, for lack of a better term, right? Or so you're asking the right questions when you go try to apply your quote unquote analytics, right? So that's where the wall, if you have a wall between the stuff, it's a mistake. You need everyone working in concert um, and working together on these things. Um, so to be like, I think data is great. I think, you know, I, the way I was phrased, it's like all expertise and experience should be valued and relied on. And the idea of just going to one or the other is a mistake. So Sam Hinkie, I always thought one of his biggest mistakes and I, I wrote a book on the Sixers in the Process. And one of his biggest mistakes was that, whatever, say what you want about him, He's top executives, and for somebody who you know, uses Silicon Valley speak and different views and all that stuff and loves talking like that, and then you look and his top executives were all people who approached the game like him. They weren't NBA background. They were, I'll say, analytics guys. So those were top executives. Where like uh, the example I always give is if you had he could have used an Elton Brand type as his assistant GM, and I'm really surprised that he didn't. And then you have different viewpoints and different experience and expertise coming together. And I think that's always a great example. And the mistake is just relying on one and not the other.
4: Yeah, I bring that up because I did a mock draft for Fox Sports recently, and you know I'm texting people I know about players, and they're like, "Hey, this guy McBride from West Virginia. Hey." He's, he's he's pretty good. And mm-hmm. I, I'm like, really? I, I watched some West Virginia this year. I didn't think he was their first or second best player at times. And they're like, his measurements, what he measured at the combine, translate to guys his height with that wingspan usually are very successful in the league. And that's just something that's not part of my uh, DNA. Right. I, like, I don't have that in my database. And I started, you know, you mentioned some names. Ooh, okay. All right. So so there I think you're spot on with the analytics take. But... Then you have a guy like Jokic, who, you know, is a doughy European guy yep. who gets drafted in the second round and he just shatters every model that you've put together. So what happens now with the draft this year? There's a the kid from Turkey who's 18 years old. And if you squint, you maybe see a little Jokic because, you know, he's from that part of the world. And and again, you know, I'm sure that guy's gonna get overdrafted. I put him too probably too high in my mock, but I, I, finding that marriage and i don't know as a writer do you feel like you kind of have to marry both of those things your eye test versus what the analytics tell you
5: yeah i try to do that's like i don't pretend to be an expert it's, let's say you know right now i'm trying to write something i don't even know what i'm gonna write yet right But let's say for a something on game two right and i'll do is i'm looking at all the numbers but then i'm also texting like assistant coaches and just being like what are you seeing what do you think because you gotta again it's it's a it's a really low level example of what i'm talking about right where you yeah you get, and then sometimes people will tell you something, they'll say, I'm making this up, or, you know, they struggled in isolation and you go look up and you see the numbers of the opposite and the eye test can fool you. Um, yes, that's not true. Mi- it's not kind of a mix. To bring back your Jokic thing, I think like, I think Daryl Morey, I'm going to forget it exactly. I think he had a rule, like you couldn't... Um, you couldn't compare if you had a white guy in the draft. You couldn't compare him to another white guy. Oh, like you just yeah, wanted yeah, to get rid right. of all that stuff because um, it's just where our brains go, right? We just every white player is the next Larry Bird. Every yes,
4: you know, yeah. Every
5: European ball handler who's six seven is Luka Doncic, right? And just well, I, I mean,
4: the people are the Detroit Pistons fans right now think that Cade Cunningham is Luka ish, and I was like, did you guys watch Oklahoma <laughs> State? Like no, that's not even close, and and that's a problem now. Everybody projects Cade to go number one. If you say, well, here's what he doesn't do great, and I know that's going against what I just said. You know, let's look at the positive. But I don't, I don't. To me, he just doesn't project as a totally dominant. Like he's not. I don't think he's a Paul George takeover kind of guy.
5: See, yeah. Go go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say two things. One, I'll reveal myself, and I'll, I'll uh, I'm gonna out most NBA writers. Right? We don't watch the draft. Or we don't. We don't, Sorry, we watch the draft. The amount of college basketball I watched mm. during the year is so little. And yeah, I used, I used to joke that like Draft Express Cavoni um, before we went to ESPN he used to do these strengths and weaknesses videos. And I think every NBA writer like that's how they would uh, get their info on Jeff guys. And like you know, you've watched the strengths week, the strengths video, and it was always separately. And it's like, Oh my God, this guy's the greatest guy ever. Right. And then you oh, watch geez, this yeah. video and you're like, he stinks. And I always thought Gavoni could do some sort of like Borat type prank where he just makes up an analysis and sees <laughs> if a bunch of NBA writers follow along. Um, what I will say though, so I, I'm not an, I will defer to your expertise on the college guys, but I will say is, but to kind of go with your point, I think fans, number one picks a little different, but I think fans don't necessarily realize like what the average returns are on draft picks. They're lower than you think. Like the the amount of guys in a class who become really good or just starter level professionals for you know decade or whatever it's like really small it's really minimal Um, Uh, and if you go draft by draft the amount of drafts that have had the number one and number two pick both be good it's like one in 30 i don't forget the number it's (laughs) it's 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 tiny um so i always kind of like to point that out
4: yeah it's kind of a crapshoot. um all right uh, so uh we'll wrap up with the with the uh finals like i mean if there's one change the bucks can make yeah. For game two, is it, you know, Brooke Lopez only played 23 minutes? Is it more Brooke Lopez? Is it just simply Drew Holiday has to play better? Because uh, let's look at the numbers. They made 16 threes, shot 44% from deep. They won yeah, the offensive rebounds battle. Like they did what they were supposed to do, and they still got their butts kicked by double digits uh, and trailed by double digits for much of the second half. Yep. I don't Is there one change Budenholzer can make? And I'm sure he's not listening because we know Budenholzer doesn't make changes until like the last desperate moment yep. that he possibly yep.
5: can. Um It's really fascinating, right? Cause I don't, I've, I'm going back and forth. There's some people who are saying, you know, switch everything, you know, get rid of Brooke Lopez, just play Giannis at the five. And they did that a little bit toward the end. That's But then wait, this... who,
4: who, who's the other guy? Is Connaughton in? Is this Portis is not, in? This is the
5: problem, right? This is oh, the problem. Okay. And, and DiVincenzo, this is where you see his the injury hurting them. Um, it's, I, I, if I, what I think, and I, I'm an idiot, I'm an idiot, right? But what I think is, I think they should go back to their original coverage and just do the, the draw coverage that we've all become experts on over the past month or so, where they just, they're not switching a screen, but they're really, um, harassing the ball handlers you know drew holiday i us say over the screen and have brook lopez just come a couple steps over higher up maybe close to the foul line and hmm. try to take away the lob and stay home on a three and just hope the math benefits that way and that you hope be a little more dynamic but, but isn't
4: that top. playing into the sun's strengths i mean paul and booker mid-range are <laughs> for incredible. sure
5: for sure I just, it's it's you're gonna have to give up something right pick um, your poison yeah and i would so i wouldn't like i wouldn't do the thing where you know you're just completely gifting them looks in the mid range, you know, you want to make it hard for them. But I would say the idea of um, Chris Paul being able to isolate on Brooke Lopez regularly. And I, I imagine what putting holes liked about that is just we'll play one-on-one and that's fine. There are some things where they messed up, but if you watch the game, you see clips, like they, they'd switch. And then they'd also help out off three point shooters. And if you are like, if you're switching, the bet is we're going to make you hit a tough shot in isolation. You're not supposed to be helping like that. And so some of their things, some of their, um, their discipline was a little off, in, and I don't know if that's because switching is a little new to them. I don't know. Um, and, again, the other part is, like, let's see what happens if Giannis ramps up. He was really good considering he missed a bunch of games, but he was not 100%. You could see it. He played great, but he was not, you know, on offense especially, he was not attacking the way he normally does. And you do that, and you eliminate. The last thing I'll mention is foul. They fouled. They usually don't foul a ton a lot, and they gave up too many foul shots to uh, Phoenix, and that's a big difference there too.
4: Uh, I did text someone this morning, um, you know, what about would Budenholzer try zone? And, you know, again, like, how can you zone Devin Booker? The guy's incredible. But flashing some zone keeps Chris Paul out of the mid-range because when he gets in the middle, dude, it was it was over. It was like lob to Ayton, pull up, or I'm just going to go all the way to the rim. You know, and Booker would just get to the foul line every time. So I, I, I'd I be curious if we see any zone from the Bucs in game two. Thoughts? Well,
5: the, the answer might be just also, like, just mix it up a little bit there. Don't let them get comfortable. It might be that they're just, too, especially Paul's too good to just play the same coverage for an entire game let alone an entire seven game series right so um that might be the answer to is mix things up and it's all lined up dependent too in terms of when who you're playing and when you're playing
4: all right he is your own weitzman you can find his stuff on foxsports.com he wrote how many places have you written i feel like i you've you've been (laughs) around the nba block so to speak
5: yeah listen you do the freelance thing you gotta go uh yeah you gotta go hunting so yeah too many do account but now how do you you like by
4: the way how do you like freelance
5: uh i i like i am much happier um having a single home now and i'm not just saying that because we are on a uh fox sports podcast here right but it is uh i mean there's this the benefit is you pick what you want right you get to write what you want because if there's no boss right you can turn down anything you want and that's fine um let's say the numbers um salary. Uh, the math doesn't, financially, quite add up. Yeah, financially yeah, yeah. doesn't quite add up in terms of the work you're putting in. So,
4: All right, man. Well, hey, thanks for taking the time and uh, try to enjoy game two and uh, the series and the draft and free agency. And I'm sure we'll have you back.
0: Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings and are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions.
5: An October morning in a quiet suburb in a town in Scotland. A man is walking his dog when suddenly... Shots are fired from a car. The man falls to the ground and the car speeds off. An ordinary residential area, but extraordinary things happen in ordinary places. The instinct, right away was it was a political thing. We're talking about Russian-trained,
1: high-ranking officer in the Secret Service.
4: An Assassin Comes to Town, a six-part podcast. Available now, wherever you get your podcasts.